Welcome to Week 15 Podcast. Here, fantasy football season is now. We aren't just trying to make the playoffs. We're here to win them. What's up, Week 15 listeners? We're pumped to get another episode out there for you guys. Uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about our mock draft last week, who we thought went too high, who we thought didn't go high enough, and some of the steals that you can get in your draft. We're going to talk about when you should do your draft and we're going to talk about um, what we believe to be the all Week 15 teams, uh, the best players in each position that you should consider to be uh, someone you look for if you're trying to win that first round of your playoffs. So, Tyler, before we get going any further, give me some wins. Yeah, this the win this week is a big one. Um, we got to hang out twice this weekend. Twice. Uh, we had parents' night out on Saturday, which yeah, was a lot of fun. Uh, ate some good food, drank some good drinks, so... Had a great time with you and Kayla and my played wife some good Kristen. pool. It we each won, we each won two games. Yeah, it was good. That was three and one. That was three and one. We played four games. We did. I'm upset about it now because I think I only won twice. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so quick to correct me over there. Jeez. My wife won darts. <laughs> she did. She did. I was upset about that too. Uh, but yeah, no, that was a great night. Great time. Um, always fun hanging out with you guys. Uh, we're What's lucky that our, wa- our our wives get along like super well, so yeah, then we no get kidding. to throw out. Tell me time. your win. My win. So this weekend, we had our first ever So Will I Studios team meeting. Friday night, me and Tyler, Cody, who's always here in the background. Our producer. Uh, our, the MVP, Cody. He, he was there. Riley Smith flew up from South Carolina. He's going to be doing a podcast with me later this, week, this year. And then my wife was there as well. Um, we kind of just did some training, did some brainstorming. It was an awesome time. Uh, very thankful that we had that opportunity to get that in. Um, and yeah, I was just, I just, the whole, the whole thing ended, and I was just like hyped about our podcasting brand, hyped about Week 15, hyped about Missing Midwest, which launches Saturday. Will be my wife's first episode. Her and I are doing a podcast called Missing Midwest about missing people. Highly in, anticipated. Highly anticipated. <laughs> missing people. The in. hype train is tooting. Dude, it's fun, man. It's been fun toot to hear toot. like all the support. Like we had somebody yesterday come up to Kayla and she's like, I'm so excited for your podcast. We didn't know who she was. That's like, we're not awesome. Facebook friends with her. Like it's kind of it's kind of getting real, you know. So we're excited about that. But yeah, definitely a, a, a fun weekend and uh some heavy wins. It was good stuff. This podcast is sponsored by Brothers and Cards. We are a sports cards company committed to glorifying God and loving others through the sports cards hobby. Whether you're trying to rip packs, join breaks, or add to your collection, we got you covered. Go follow us on Instagram at Brothers and Cards and check out our subscription box at brothersandcards.com. So if you hung out with us last week, you saw that we did a mock draft. We brought our buddy Dylan in here. Uh, Had a great time doing that. Learned a lot just from, you know, uh, where different players' ADPs are that we hadn't thought of before. Um, and strategies. Strategies. You know, it was fun to talk about uh, Tyler and Dylan's strategies versus my strategy. Um, I'm sure some of you guys out there had your own strategy. We'd love to hear from you. Make sure you comment on our Instagram posts because um, we'd love to engage in any way we can with you guys, see how you're feeling about things. I'd but, love uh, to know what you guys think about Travis Kelsey going number one overall. I, that was, like, to me, I had, like, a whole bunch of scenarios because I had talked about Derrick Henry being my RB1. Yeah. And uh, – I'm a running back heavy drafter, and so time for bed, Grandma. Yeah, that was yeah, brutal, brutal. Um, that was funny though, and uh, yeah. So I'm like, who are they going to go? Like, which wide receiver, or are they going to throw a running back in number one there? And uh, Travis Kelsey. 
I was shocked. I have not done a mock draft this year where McCaffrey or Jefferson didn't go one on one. Yeah, I was I was very surprised by that. And it was half PPR, right? Half. So I mean that I, there's no chance in a standard league, you would think. I, w- I wouldn't think so. But I would say there's no chance in half PPR. That was wild. Travis Kelsey going number one. I mean one he, he is the biggest positional advantage in our game, but like number one overall. You, you can't yeah. pass up a foundational piece like Jefferson yeah. or McCaffrey. I was surprised by it too. But, you know, today we're going to talk about guys that we thought got drafted too high, and we're going to talk about guys that we thought graf- drafted too low. Um, so, Tyler, I'll let you start us off here. When we're looking at those top first few rounds, tell me your thoughts. Yeah, so I'm going to play the role of pessimist for the show. Johnny, you're <laughs> going to be the optimist. Sounds good. Uh, my first guy is uh, Rashad White. Uh, he is being drafted number 61 overall, and I know we disagree about him a little bit. Uh, he's going as the RB24. And to me, that is too high. Uh, he's never been the workhorse guy. He's great at catching passes, which is great for your half-point or full-point PPR leagues. But I, I, I truly don't see a path for him to exceed his ADP very much. Like, I, could he end the year at RB18? Sure, I, I could see that. But he right now you're drafting him at RB24. And that's, that's a lot of what I'm going to talk about today is where he's being drafted versus his ceiling or his floor. And I think right now he's being drafted more towards his ceiling than his floor. And I want to draft guys who I believe can um, beat their ADP, if that makes sense. Um, Sure. For me, looking at guys going around him, I would rather wait six picks and take James Conner. That's just me. I know that the Cardinals are going to be bad, um, but but Conner's going to get a lot of the first half work. I know they're going to be behind, but he also catches passes and – I, I want to choose the proven guy, especially in redraft. Now, this if this is dynasty, for sure, you're taking uh, Rashad White ahead of uh, of Better Connor. long-term yeah, opportunity. Yeah, for sure. But for redraft specifically, which is the majority of leagues, I'm going to wait and I'm going to take Connor because I think White is being drafted at his ceiling. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, you know, we talked about that a little bit before we started recording about how I kind of view Rashad White. I actually have him on my list as well. Um, but to your point, you know, being able to gauge where other people are going to draft a player is so essential. To me, I look at Rashad White and I say he's a starting running back in the league. He's a year two guy that had terrible growing pains, but we've seen guys come out in year two and do so much better. His I can't remember who his backup is, but it's like not a real competition. It's like they have Rashad White and then some other guys. Um, we don't know what the offense is going to look like at all this year. New quarterback, not not a lockdown quarterback position. I think there's going to be a lot of usage and creativity coming with running back position. So I, I see Rashad White as a as a you know a, car, a card guy looking to invest in, in cards. I'm like I'm in on Rashad White, and actually I tripled on a Rashad White card last week where I bought it you know low and then it sold it for three times as much as what I paid for it fairly quickly. Um, I think there's a little bit of hype around him right now. Um, but Their offensive line will be better this year yeah. as well. And to your point, though, like if he's if he is running back twenty four, you know, I guess do you have like a calculation in your head where I'm like, okay, RB twenty four that without looking without knowing who it is without looking at anything else, is there like a calculator in your brain that says like RB twenty four that should be six seven eight round? Like what is there like is it just depend on the situation? Um, not really. I, I, he's his at his ADP right now is at sixty one, um, so that puts him what in the fifth round. Yeah, in a 12-team league, yeah. That's too high for me. Yeah, interesting. I would rather wait, and I would rather take a veteran like James Conner. Hmm. Yeah. To, yeah. To to your point, though, if, if he gets every bit of the run and can prove himself this year to run between the tackles, which he has not done yet, 
he will be a steal. Yeah. But until I see it, I'm not going to draft him. I feel that. And, and like, it's, it's a, it's a risk reward thing, I guess. Like to me, I'm like this person in our mock draft had him in what was it? The first pick of the sixth round. Let's see. Rashad White. Yeah. First pick of the seventh round. First pick of the seventh round. And in my head, I'm like getting a starting running back that doesn't really have a, a, a carry thief right behind him um, in the seventh round. That seems valuable to me. But yeah, I'm, a, I'm a running bad. back fleet guy, so different opinion. Who else you got? Who's next? Who's next? On the Number list? four is Michael Pittman. <laughs> I was shocked he went that high. Michael Pittman. Right now he's being drafted as the wide receiver 23, and I, I, I truly think that that's where he'll end up. So why would I draft – with my 56th overall pick, a guy who's being drafted as a wide receiver 23 when that's all that I think he can do. Yeah, most of the guys on my list that I thought were drafted too low um, were guys that I'm like, I can't believe Michael Pittman came off the board. What, what did you say he is? Wide receiver what? 23. He's wide being receiver, drafted as a wide receiver too. And wide receiver 24 is Jerry Judy, who's one of the best route runners in the league. And has Russell Wilson. And the guy being taken <laughs> right after Pittman is Cam Akers, who I fully believe is a league winner this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's, he's got potential, no doubt. More so than Michael Pittman does, I believe. And, and here's the thing about Pittman. If, if we see the, the Anthony Richardson leap like we did for, for Jalen Hurts, he might be a hot commodity in two years. Sure. But he's yeah. not going to be the wide receiver 23 this year. And if he is, that's where you drafted him, you know? Yeah. That's not a good bargain in the draft for me. I feel what you're saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm avoiding Pittman in redraft. Now, I do have him in Dynasty, so that does make me happy. But I I can't see myself slotting him in as a, as a wide receiver two on my team. Yeah. I mean, if you, again, you know, you're talking about wide receiver 23. I mean, I, I'm more, like, shocked by the actual ranking of wide receiver 23. Because is that is that what ESPN is saying, or is that based? I on? use Sleeper. Okay, Sleeper. Th- but they're pretty much all the same. Yeah, this, this is e- expert like, consensus. If you're, in, if you're in a 12 team league, everybody has to have two two wide receivers. You're starting guaranteeing, guaranteeing Michael Pittman in that class. You don't want that. No, there's I'd so much rather have Judy. And we're going to talk about some of those options. You know, Jerry Judy, like I mentioned, um, in this mock draft, he was the 58th player drafted. Um, he's wide receiver 24. Like I mentioned, he has Russell Wilson throwing him the ball. Um, he is known as just a supreme route runner. I know he's had the drop sees at times, um, but as far as getting open and the guy that can get you the ball downfield, like he has those skills, he has those um, tangibles. So when I'm looking at, uh, you know, fantasy guys, he could be, if you have a weak wide receiver team, he could be a wide receiver one. Yeah. Like he's going he's gonna to have games where he scores as a wide receiver one. Um, so to see him in the 58th pick, which like, what was that round? The 10th pick of the fifth round. I mean, I had him on my list. That's the round that I ended up drafting Justin Herbert. And I was almost like, you know what? I should have just went ahead and got Judy because I could have, I could get Herbert later. And once the Broncos got going towards the tail end of last year, it was Wilson and Judy. For sure. For sure. You know, Cortland Sutton, I think he was drafted later too. I think he might be technically wide receiver one in Denver. You he's not the, him. he's not the, he's not the dangerous guy. No. I drafted Sutton. You, did, yeah. you drafted Sutton. Yeah. He's not the dangerous one. The number three guy on my team is something that I really want you guys to mark down and it is Damian Pierce. Uh, Damian Pierce right now is being drafted number 46 overall running back 18. Now this is somebody that the Houston Texans took before their new coaching staff, which they have this year. And what the new coaching staff did, Johnny, was they went out and they signed Devin Singletary. Yep. Like one of the very quickly, very, very quickly, who does have a very high draft stock. And Devin Singletary right now, his ADP is 148. You are, you're, you're going to get <laughs> Devin Singletary at 148 or Damian Pierce at 46. Yeah. It, we don't know who's starting. 
draft Devin Singletary because Damian Pierce is like a day three draft pick. Like he was, he, he, I I didn't look this up and I should have, but I'm pretty sure he was like a fifth or sixth round guy. Well, and to start out the year, it was like people got excited about him because he had a couple good carries. Like he he had some okay games as a rookie running back. You're like, okay, you know, he's he's he looks the part. As the year went on, though, the Texans were so rough, they spend most of their time passing. They're usually behind. They're going to spend most of their time passing. They have a rookie quarterback who's going to have, you know, a lot of early drive exits. That's just part of it. You know, even the best quarterbacks we've ever seen have three and outs early on in the year, more so than others. So, like, especially at the beginning of the season, um, I don't really want a running back for any of these rookie quarterback situations, let alone one that's just had an offense that's been dismal for the last few years. So, Damian Pierce is going to be competing for the starting job with Devin Singletary, as well as... You know, as games progress, he's going to get less and less opportunities. It's a new staff. It's the, the I, new staff went and got Devin Singletary. I I would absolutely stay away from either one. Now, like to your point, if you can draft a starting running back in the tenth round, <laughs> do I, that. I'm taking you Devin know? Singletary yeah. with the, with the 148 overall. Yeah, right. But and like, and what what made Pierce so good last year is is he got a hundred percent of the carries. Yeah, that's he, not going to happen. This every year. single carry went to him, and that's what made him valuable and good and that that is just simply not going to happen this year yeah Damian Pierce as the running back 18 I, that's just awful yeah so my my uh I got a running back that I want to bring up next in terms of how do they get drafted so low and it's actually a guy I drafted and talked about a little bit last week but last year you had Jamal Williams in Detroit and he led the league in rushing touchdowns honestly Detroit was a passing offense for the majority of the season. They, they put up most of their numbers through the air. They were trailing. They were trying to make things happen. Um, they, they ended up becoming more pass heavy probably than Dan Campbell wants them to be uh, throughout the year. Uh, but when you're behind, you have to throw. When you're, yeah, facts. Just football facts. <laughs> um, but what they did in the red zone is they fed the running back. They blocked for the running back. And what they did was they, they let Jamal Williams walk so they could upgrade in David Montgomery. I know they drafted Jameer Gibbs. I know you're going to talk about him here in a minute. But David Montgomery is the guy they got to replace the leader in rushing touchdowns last year. I drafted David Montgomery with the seventh pick of the seventh round. Again, you're putting him in that position that garnered the most rushing touchdowns in the league last year. He's still available in the seventh round. I was shocked by that. No, that was that was an absolutely great pick by you. And Jameer Gibbs is actually my number one guy on my list, so I'll just jump to him right now. And it's everything that you said. Um Jameer Gibbs, the reports are right now, he's not looking like a Dan Campbell guy. You know, they're questioning his toughness. Really? And and it's like, if if we go back to last year, they had Swift and Jamal Williams. Now they've got Gibbs and Montgomery. Which would you rather have last year? Yeah, I mean, I mean I'd rather have Jamal Williams. I mean, fantasy-wise, fantasy yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and if we just project that from last year to this year, you should be drafting David Montgomery over Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is going as RB15 right now. That's That's... Oh, I get Bijan's an alien. Okay, I get Bijan being. He's going to get all the work though. Yeah, yeah. I I don't understand Jameer Gibbs. No, I don't really understand the reach for Jameer Gibbs. I mean, we talked about that in episode one. Thirty six. I think he's a great overall. player, but but man, fantasy wise, like I, I was saying, I don't understand the. I didn't understand the Lions' reach for him in the first round. Oh, just just as a football guy. Yeah. Um. But you know, like we talked about in episode one, he's kind of a mix between DeAndre Swift coming out of the backfield, the speed, the agility, and then the the hard, the heart that um, Jamal Williams had, 
But, man, to see how high he's getting drafted and to see how we're just, like, pretending David Montgomery is the the backup, the RB2 they there. Gave, they gave Montgomery a good contract, too. Oof. It was they want They want him to finish those drives in the red zone just like Jamal Williams. They think they upgraded, and I think they did, too. Gibbs is not going to finish as the RB15, in my, in my opinion. If he does, that's great. I'm not knocking the player. I'm just saying with this offense – they're, they're going to get within the five, and they're going to give it to Montgomery, and Gibbs is going to be the Swift of last year. Yeah, you know, Jameer Gibbs, David, Damian Pierce, James Conner, Rashad White, Alvin Kamara, who's going to be in some trouble, Cam Akers, who has some question marks around him. Um, all of those guys were drafted ahead of David Montgomery in our mock draft. I think, I think Montgomery needs to go up a little bit, but I think he's the third down goal line guy, which is, is hit or miss every week. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they, I, the Bears use Montgomery in a different role than that, right? I mean, like they, they would. He was a first down kind of. He wouldn't finish drives as much. I felt like. I mean, he was more of the three down back. Yeah. But, but they did. They did. I mean, they did split time with Herbert. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do, how they use him. Um, my last guy I want to talk about is unfortunately T.J. Hawkinson, and I want you to know that I absolutely adore T.J. Hawkinson, but he is not the positional advantage that Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey is. He's just simply not. And the fact that he's going number 39 overall is just silly to me. Like he, I was shocked when I saw that he was tied in three on there. It, and and he, he very well, he, he, he most likely will finish as tight end three. Like There's no question about it. But when you look at the guys going around TJ Hawkinson, they're so much more valuable. Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones are being taken after TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, that was crazy to me. Joe Mixon as well. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Hopkins came in the same round after him too, and I'm just thinking, I mean, he doesn't have a team. I think once Hopkins gets a team, like Dalvin Cook, like Zeke, once they get teams, they're they're going to boost up their ADP just because there's going to be less uncertainty around them. But, yeah, it was like TJ Hawkinson went. Uh, I took Alexander Madison, who's an RB1 in Minnesota right now, after – Two two picks after tight end one in Minnesota. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't understand it. I was confused. Who, who would you rather have on your team, Aaron Jones or T.J. Hawkinson? It doesn't make sense. Who's going to touch the ball more times in a game? It, it's ten to one. You know, I mean, I listen. I love T.J. Hawkinson. I love that Kirk great, has that option. Great tight end. You know, he's a top five tight end to me. But taking him in the in the was it fourth fourth round? Early fourth is where he's going. Early right fourth. Yeah, wild to me. And he. And here's the thing about Andrews and Kelsey going there. They are the positional advantage of the position. Like, if you have Andrews or Kelsey. You're winning that, unless you're playing each other. That, that's what I mean. You, yeah. you don't have to worry about it. And yeah. Hawkinson, as, at least last year, was not a positional advantage. Yeah. So yeah. Get, give me Aaron Jones, you know, um, three picks later than T.J. Hawkinson. And the, the last part about T.J. Hawkinson is that he is going just five picks after Mark Andrews as far as ADP goes, and that is a shame. And then you look at our mock draft last week. Travis Kelsey went number one overall. Uh, Mark Andrews went number 11 overall, and then – or I'm sorry, number 14 overall. And then you, you slide down to the fourth round at pick eight, which, you know, what is that, pick 40? Like the difference between the, in this mock draft was significantly more – than, you know, what we're saying in ADP. And we think the gap should be bigger. It should be, absolutely. <laughs> and, I, and I love TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. I hope he catches 50 touchdowns for Kirk. You just year. have to look at the guys but, going around him. And who, yeah. who, who would you rather have on your team? Because Hawkinson is not a foundational piece in your lineup, like a Kelsey or an Andrews. Right. My last guy that I want to talk about um, is Odell Beckham. 
you know, in my opinion, he's wide receiver one going into Baltimore. I'm not sure if that's what they're listing him as right now. I know there's the uncertainty of coming off the injury, um, but there's not a, there's not a defensive coordinator in this league that isn't going to prepare like Odell is, who he always has been. Two years ago, he helped the Rams go in the Super Bowl. He was a huge factor in that Super Bowl run, a dynamic factor in that Super Bowl run. And he's the reason they won the Super Bowl, I, in a lot of people's opinions. Oh, oh yeah, 100%. I, I mean, that's my opinion. Like I said that before, and then I, as soon as I said I'm like, Cooper Cup had one of the best years ever from wide receiver. Matt Stafford looked fantastic. In, defense, that, in that game, in the playoffs, the, the, the NFL playoffs, not the fantasy playoffs, the NFL playoffs, he was the reason that they went on that run. Yes. Yes, and, you know, he's buddies with Lamar. There's a rapport that's already there. I think it's going to be a feed Odell situation. He was drafted, and I'm assuming this is his ADP right now is because of the injury, right? I mean, I mean he's coming back from a catastrophic yeah. knee injury. Yeah, but and the, he's tenth, like years old. the 10th round, pick number eight, Elijah Moore was selected over Odell back Yeah, that's was that, Dylan? <laughs> was that Dylan that took Moore? Uh, it might have been. Sure was. Yeah. Shout Dilly. out to Dylan. Shout out to Dylan. He's not the worst, but come on. <laughs> um, but, you know, I look at some of these receivers that were picked over Odell. Like, go back to two years ago. If I'm willing to take the risk in the draft this late yep. that Odell is going to be who he was. He's not costing you much he's is what you're trying to say. not costing you much, yeah. yeah. And so, like, to be able to take him, if he's still there in the 10th or even the 9th round, I mean, these are some of the other receivers, right? Like, I took Gabe Davis – um, in the ninth round, and on my list, I had I had Gabe Davis and Odell, and I was like, which one do I pick? And I couldn't believe they were both still there. I mean, they're talking about trading digs right now. Like, there's a lot of like rumors floating around Buffalo. Um, I I put Gabe Davis and Odell Beckham like pretty much on the same list, and I was surprised either one of them was still there in the ninth round. Um, there's a lot of guys with question marks that are going above them. I like Jordan Addison. I like Odell more. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, uh, and, and Odell's a prove it kind of guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Everybody's yeah. saying they gave him so much money, and why'd they give him that contract? He's like, I'm about to show you why. Well, and I feel like I've never watched Odell play and not thought. I mean, I thought he's, I thought he looked lazy before. I thought he looked hurt before, but when he was healthy, supremely talented. Yeah, if he's motivated, he's one of the yeah best receivers in the league. Maybe For not, sure. maybe not now that he's almost thirty or thirty or whatever he is. But. Coming off injury, I don't know. I, I just I, to have him at wide receiver fifty. When when you have Michael Pittman at twenty three, you're you're making my case here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of crazy. So um, that, that that's our advice, guys. Is look at the ADP, look at their floor, look at their ceiling, and draft draft floor guys. You know, Odell at fifty. Do we think he's going to finish at fifty? No, he's a good value. You're looking for value in your draft. Odell is a value. Yep, very much so. And, and when you see, like, I get you know, tunnel vision on running back one positions. Who's the best running back? We talked about some of the Miami guys for a minute. Like, um, I think I think it was you, Tyler, that drafted Raheem Moster in the 12th round. Yeah. Yeah? And I thought, what a steal. You know, you got an RB1. And then it was like, I think he's RB1. He's RB1 right now, but, like, they Jeff have Wilson. Jeff Wilson. They drafted a guy, right? Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I saw RB1. I thought, steal, 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 steal. Do your homework. Do your homework. Um, like, you know, Rashad White was the guy we mentioned. He's RB1. There's not really a, a hunt for him losing that spot. There's not really a case for him to lose that spot. So, to me, that helps him rise. Um, but, yeah, you know, all we're saying is do your homework on, on some of these guys. Um, do the ADP. Know if you're drafting him. If, if you're drafting a guy um, that doesn't have an ADP to go for a couple more rounds, trust the process. Trust that, you know, in the league that you're in, that he's going to fall to closer his ADP projection 
don't reach for somebody that you could have picked in your next round. Yeah. This podcast is a So Will I Studios production. So Will I Studios is a podcasting brand founded by my wife and I. We plan on launching multiple podcasts this year, each with the intention of promoting positivity and critical thinking. This brand will cover over each podcast. We will have one YouTube channel, So Will I Studios. There will also be one Instagram account that links to all of the others. Follow us on Instagram at so.will.i.studios. We are so excited for this new journey. We can't wait to share with you. All right, so we just got done talking about, um, you know, the different draft strategies, who we think it went too high, uh, the questions. There's so many questions. It is still June. Who's the starter? Yeah. Who, they, who's the starter? Who's oh going to be the number one guy? What, what team is DeAndre Hopkins going to play for? What team is Dalvin Cook going to play for? Because when those guys get decisions made and they go somewhere, it's going to affect every single player's ADP after them, which is most of the draft. Um so we want to talk a little bit about when you should consider doing your draft. Um, now is not it. No, you <laughs> it's, can. It's possible. I They're think ESPN live. sleeper. Like, there's a lot of different uh, uh, draft leagues out there that are doing it right now. People are excited. They can't wait. They're like, let's just get this thing rolling. I understand the hype. If you're hyped about it, if you want that draft day feeling. Do mock drafts. Yes, 100%. just like we did last week. We're gonna do one with listeners here pretty soon. Like, be stay stay tuned to our social medias for that. Follow us on Instagram at Week Fifteen Podcast. Um, we want to experience that with too because we're itching. But we are absolutely not going to put a season's worth of decisions on the line right now in June. <laughs> no, I mean injuries. Uh, Dalvin Cook signs with the Dolphins, and I don't take Raheem Mostert. Yeah, you know 100%, what I mean. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So what we want to know is from you guys, when do you do your drafts? Yeah. When's the best time? When when have you done it in the past and been like, this is it? Or have you done it in the past and been like, yeah, we did our draft in July and I hate myself. Like, you know, I, I remember one year, um, it was during two-a-days in college. Might have been my freshman year. Um, a bunch of guys wanted to do a league. And so two-a-days, you know, if you played college football – your life is football for those two weeks. You don't really have a lot of time. Um, you're either studying your playbook or whatever. Eating. Eating. <laughs> sleeping. If you're like, hey, guys, you have a two-hour window. Nobody's like, let's go to a fantasy. Everybody's like, let's go sleep. You, know? you are piling in the calories. Yes. And so then when two-a-days ends, uh, you have class and everybody you know, gets on campus. They're like, oh, we're so busy with class. Football players are kind of like, this is a break. <laughs> like, I am on I, my vacation. Yeah, yeah. And so we had kind of talked about doing a fantasy football league. And I was like, hey, you know, I'll organize and set it up when you guys want to do it. We'll do it when we have some time, when school classes, before homework piles up, really. You kind of have that week where everybody's like, you know, introductory classes. Syllabus day. Syllabus day, yeah. To football players, syllabus week is like the best week of the year. 100%. It's like 100%. We just tasted freedom, and we can have free time now. Um, so we scheduled to do our fantasy draft during that week. Now, you're looking like mid-August. By the time the season started, like three weeks later, we were all screwed. Because like we, we were just, you know, we really hadn't done a lot of homework in that time. We just did it for fun, and things changed very much so. Um, so, you know, waiting to the last minute can be a little scary, too. Because if you're trying to get that draft in, like, the day before NFL Sunday kickoff, um, you know, it's, you got opportunity of guys having to miss, last-minute things coming up, not being able to reschedule. Uh, scary time. Tyler, what do you think the most optimal time to get the, uh, the draft done is? Uh, so we were in a keeper league together. Um, 
we always try to do it either the weekend before or two weekends before the actual football season starts. And the way our league is set up, um, you don't have to decide your keepers until one week before the draft date once we set that. Uh, so we give guys a week to kind of look at the free agents, what they want to do with their money. Um, but I, I am of the feeling that uh, as close to the season as you can, have all of the information that you can. Um, but like you said, it does get scary because uh, we do an auction league and not having people at your draft – it's not fun. No, no. Having to call them in and you it's wanna, like we you get wanna, it. You, you want to make sure that you, if you're going to go as late as you can, make sure everybody can be there. Yeah, and I think what we did last year is we said, okay, these are the two weekends before the season. Which one can we all get to? Yep. And I think and we last still year, we still had one one guy yeah. that could not make it. He sent a list with a buddy. I'll do up to twenty dollars on X Y Z. It's just that the the experience is not as fun, if and it's so if fun to have an in person draft too, especially doing, auction, dude. Because you, it's like me and you back and forth. Yeah, 24. doing little, doing a little stare down, little little. Uh, how hard are you willing to fight for this? You know, it's going it's once, stuff. going twice, smacking. I'll keep going. Domino's pizza while you know, while yeah, getting their head. It's good stuff. There's nothing better than a fancy. I look forward draft. to draft day all year. That's one of those things where my wife's like, you know, trying to play in events. I never really remember to tell her my stuff, and then we spring it on the last minute. The draft, I'm like, this day, it's a month from now, we're going to do this. Like, <laughs> It's at my house, so my wife is fully prepared. There you go. Smart, smart. Um, but, yeah, that, that's that's good advice. Like, like I said, we, we aim for the last two weekends before the season. That way, if something doesn't work out, then it's like, okay, we have a couple days to fix this problem. It's not just like the last day. Um, but, yeah, I hope you guys uh, – are responsible with your draft scheduling share and share with us when do you guys yeah, draft? talk to us talk to us we want to know when your draft is so that we can uh be hyped for you on that day because we love draft day yeah this podcast is being recorded in one of our favorite places in kokomo cross america whether you're looking for good coffee a quiet place to work or to record your own podcast like us you have support here at cross america located on 931 just north of sycamore all right for the final segment of today's episode we're going to talk about our all week 15 team these are the guys that we look at week 15 and we're like this is the best roster that could be put on paper um if you're a DV dfs fan or you know if you uh like to do, i know there's leagues out there where you can just draft anybody and there's no like salary cap or anything right now as we sit here in june this team looks to be the best possible team that you could put on paper considering their talents and their matchups in week 15, which we know as the first round of the fantasy football playoffs. If you lose this week, you are out. You are not winning your championship. We are not bragging about you listening to our podcast. <laughs> and uh, uh, we are doing all of this for not if you don't nail week 15. So um, I'm going to tell you right now, the quarterback by a landslide, in my opinion, that is best suited in week 15 is Joe Burrow. Running backs, Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs. Wide receivers, we're going to go Jamar Chase and Garrett Wilson. Tight ends, we're throwing out Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. We've got a flex pool. These are all guys that you could substitute in there um, for either wide receiver or running back spot. Um, but we really think these guys are, are, are belonging on this roster. That's Justin Jefferson, Najee Harris, A.J. Brown, and Nick Chubb. Fun, 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 fun fact, fun fact, fun fact, fun fact, fun facts, My fun fact for this week's episode is that I was in a wooden bat tournament when I was 14 years old. Um, I actually hit a game-winning 
uh, grand slam with that wooden bat. Uh, it wasn't a walk-off, but it was the game winner, which then led my team voting me into a home run derby, um, which was an experience that I'll never forget, uh, possibly a core memory, if you will. Core memory. Didn't come out with the victory, but, you know, it was, that was a great experience for me. My fun fact is that I love making milkshakes. I know it sounds like uh, something that might not be that exciting, but growing up, I made milkshakes all the time. If my buddies were coming over, if Tyler was coming over, banana or chocolate, you know, I was making milkshakes all the time. My wife and I actually uh, joked about starting uh, a cake a cake shake shop. I <laughs> can't even talk. Where she would make like cakes and cookies and stuff, and I would make milkshakes. It was something we talked about for a long time. But uh, no, I'm cool just making it for me and the boys. But uh, yeah, banana milkshakes, my favorite. Oreo milkshakes, number two. Uh, peach milkshakes, number three. This podcast is a So Will I Studios production. So will I.